0: you get this thing as a dev that really legitimately is a lifesaver for your business. And then it's like a hot, it's like a hot potato and you got to figure out how to, like, well, you, and it, yeah.
1: And it's also it's know? like a hot potato, but also you're starving. And it's like the only potato you got. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody! Welcome to episode two seventeen of Coffee with Butterscotch, the Game Dev Comedy Podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Evan, I'm sentient meat. I'm Sam, and I'm the games RTE. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is August wind twenty oh yes. nineteen. We moved into August territory. Yes. Before we get started, we have a warning: swears. We're going to have them all over the place. So get your earmuffs on. Earmuffs get on. Get your
2: fanny out of
1: swear tear. muffs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Smear we'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Let's talk about life. What happened? I exploded the ass off of two people. <laughs> Off of two pairs of jeans this weekend.
0: This is the best start to a story. <laughs> just that first half of that sentence so, oh, I exploded my ass.
2: <laughs> no, the ass, the, the ass. ass.
1: Okay, I have jeans. Okay, you did have jeans. Now you have I chaps. Uh, I got all of my all of my jeans. I I I just went. Uh, I think it was maybe eight months ago. I was like, I'm sick of wearing old, ratty, crappy jeans. Yeah, man. Go to. I think Express or something, get myself Excellent. four new pairs of nice jeans so so that, that are fit nicely, mm-hmm. that are measured right, all that stuff. Get that dark wash. And then last week, I'm like, I'm getting back on the fitness train. Now that my tooth is better, my foot is better, my back is better, I've healed my whole body like Wolverine, mm-hmm. and I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready to get back into the fitness game. Mm-hmm. So last week, uh, I jumped back into CrossFit, and I'm like, I'm going every day this week, every single day. I go every single day, and it turns out that it's essentially like National Squats Week or something. (laughs) And all we're doing is intense leg and butt exercises like the whole week. (laughs) So then on Saturday, I put on my jeans. I'm ready to go for the day. And then and then Are you feeling
0: a tightness? Is there
1: like a My pants are getting uncomfortably tight at this point. (laughs) And then, you know, from the swelling. And (laughs) Uh And then Sampy's looks over and she's like, those jeans are really fucked up. And I'm like, what? And she's like, there's like a huge tear down the back. <laughs> so I I, I feel back there and sure enough, like where the where the back pocket attaches, it's just like a big vertical rip, just like right. So just wow. like it's totally split open.
0: You got to make room. Yeah. So you know? I'm like, damn it. So. so
1: is the pocket holding it together? Is that pretty much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, oh, so I throw this jeans away, put on another pair of jeans, go about my day carry on Uh flexing yep and then uh and then the next morning i'm like man i gotta get some new jeans now because i only got three pairs left i'm running low you know so next morning put my jeans on sampy's like what's going on with those jeans what (laughs) now the other butt cheek of this other pair of jeans is also ripped vertically so i just hit some critical threshold of butt power yeah where because all my jeans are the same now any of them that I wear, they're gonna just explode. Well
0: I'm excited about today then. This has got very this is gonna be a fun day in the office.
1: Well no, because I then I Did you get new ones? I see I can't contact Adam because he That's lives true. in dark mode. That's true. Mm-hmm. So instead I contact his wife and I'm like
2: Yeah she she then informed <laughs> me of <on> that. <laughs> and I'm like
1: that request Jenny, I've exploded the ass off of two pairs of <laughs> jeans this weekend. Adam has been talking about stretchy pants. Mm-hmm where do I go? Extreme flex. So Adam, so so I uh, yesterday I go to the mall and I get myself some extreme flex jeans. So that way, has your life changed? Uh, well, I mean, I, I have pants, so yeah. <laughs> so. Are they good? Do you like them? They are. They're very comfortable. These they are from jeans. Abercrombie. They're from you? American Eagle. American Eagle.
2: Yeah, that's where I get mine.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they have so much stretch to them that it's like wearing spandex, but they're yeah. jeans. It feels like you're wearing pajamas. Yeah. So I want a out too. <laughs> I was just telling Diana this morning. Uh, they they these. cost the same as as you know normal jeans that feel like you're wearing sandpaper. Yeah, and, so. the, and that rip yeah. constantly. Uh, apparently,
0: yeah.
2: I've had I've had my first got my my first pair of Extreme Flex jeans. I think a year ago, and I can still wear them. Usually, my jeans only last about six to mm. nine months before I rip the crotch out. Mm. You know, but
1: these from ones, all the splits from all the, <laughs> just, just just from being alive somehow. Yeah. Adam uh, does a lot of high steps, a lot of high steps, yeah. splits.
0: A lot of dance moves just sort of sporadically around. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: So anyway, that was my weekend, impromptu shopping trip. You know, That's these wild. things happen.
0: Well, I was putting on my shorts this morning
1: because I've been on the game train as well. And I was like, these are getting get, get tight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> these are now speedo you know, really, Yeah, I mean, it, if, you, if you get clothes that fit, you know, quite well – then you got to maintain that lifestyle. Yeah. Whatever the style Whatever is. Whatever it is that you're doing when your pants fit well, that's what you mm, got to keep doing. Yep. As soon as you change it, the ass explodes right off, <laughs> the, right off <laughs> of them. Uh, In either direction. Probably. Or, yeah, probably say, if, you, if you become more sedentary or less sedentary, mm-hmm. the ass is going to explode up. Yep. <laughs> <pants. laughs> so you got to just maintain. Uh, and then Adam, on Friday night, I see on Discord you're playing Minecraft. And then on Saturday, I see you're playing Oxygen Not Included. Mm-hmm. And then later on Saturday, I see you're playing Slay the Spire. Uh-huh. Then later, I see you're going back to Minecraft. And then later, I see you're playing something else Arc. on Sunday. Yep. All through Sunday night. Yeah, what was going on? Adam <laughs> just video
2: gamed. Take us so, on a yeah, journey. Yeah, so I don't actually play games that much usually, but my wife and I like to do periodic gaming weekends where we just – Pick some games. Sometimes we play them together if we can. Otherwise, we just like both have a single player experience, but just we hang out with each other while we're doing it, you know. And uh, and so this weekend, uh, I guess earlier in the week, last week, I was just feeling Minecraft for some reason. Mm, and so, just I was, feeling it. so I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "We should Friday night. We should just we should play. We should get pizza and play Minecraft." It was actually mostly Jenny really wanted pizza. And then <laughs> that kind of – I think that kind of – because we had we had this tradition where we basically eat only pizza and play like Terraria all weekend every mm, once in a while. Yeah. And so she really wanted pizza and I had been kind of thinking about Minecraft. And the two of those things together, I was like, okay, Perfect night, storm. Minecraft pizza. That's what we're doing. Uh, so we did that and it was interesting because the last time we played Minecraft, we, we just did it for like a whole weekend and then basically didn't touch it again. And the last time we played, it all felt much easier than it was this time. Mm. And, and so this time – uh, I just died repeatedly i kept on losing all my fantastic iron armor sets you know oh, it was just kind of a drag uh, but we still had a pretty good time for that evening but then we just didn't really come back to it hmm. but now we were in the game playing mood so right. then so then the weekend became what's next yeah the weekend just became playing games so the next morning i got up and uh and um Jenny had bought us uh or no what was it no, I saw, I saw that Slay the Spire was like steeply on sale mm-hmm. and I still never played it. So I bought a, myself and Jenny a copy and I was like, we should, we should give this one a try. So then we did that. And so I played it for the morning and had a great time. It's um, so good. It is very good. Mm-hmm. And Jenny you don't, would,
1: and you don't think it's going to be that good because it seems like pretty simple and also it's kind of yeah. medium visuals, mm-hmm,
2: yep. but it's so fucking it good. It is very good. And, and so, so we were playing that and I had, just having, having a blast and, uh, and I also saw that Oxygen Not Included had come out of beta recently, mm. or kind of early access. And so I would played it, I think, it was back when I still lived in Texas. So it was like two three or three years, years ago. ago. A long yeah. time ago. When, I'd, when I played it, like, basically right when it came into early access. Yeah, it was in
1: early access for two and a half years.
2: Yeah. No. So, yeah, about two and a half years ago, probably. Yep. And and so I was, I was really curious. I just wanted to see what they had done with it. And, uh, and so then... Then I tried that one out just to just mm-hmm. to get more. I was like, I'm just,
1: just living g- <laughs> these video game experiences. Katamari ball of yeah. video game. And
2: that one was super interesting because I had to throw away my first three colonies because I didn't really know how things were going to work. But, and you, but you really need to plan ahead in this game. Right. Like you really need to plan ahead. And if you don't yet know how things work, then you can't. And so then there right. were a whole bunch of occasions where I thought I was planning ahead, but I was actually – putting myself <laughs> into a really horrible situation mm. just I like had, life yeah exactly so <laughs> I keep throwing my colony away and i spent up a whole bunch of time just like reading about initial colony setup and then uh and jenny played like one round and was just like fuck this i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to have to because there, there was so much you have to know just to even get by yeah, it's um, a deep game so it's, yeah. a, it's a deep deep game and you can see how even from what i played of it uh, it would get just deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. the more you played it um, and yeah, then it, end, it those is, it is kinds still of a...
1: games where like, if it's, the, if that's your kind of game, you yeah. just like fall into it. And well, exactly. never yeah. It was clearly
2: a hobby game. Like, I don't think you can play, you can't play oxygen included just mm-hmm. casually, <laughs> casually for fun once. Right. You either are going to play it as a hobby or you're not going to play it. I think. Right. Um, and, and it, it kind of stuck in my mind though. So I still came back to it a few times over the weekend and mm-hmm. like tried to progress a new colony forward and, and ended up with a colony that's actually finally kind of, Doing okay, mm. but it's it's a very weird game because kind of just like in real life, if you're if you're managing a you know human beings, then there's all this shit that you really need to do, but also there's nothing you really like once you get past your basic needs. Then the question is, well now, now what? Now what's the what yeah what, what why am I even doing this? You know, and that kind of like, You still really do fast. it anyway. You still kind of do it anyway because because <laughs> like, there's still interesting stuff you can get into. But um, so that was fun. But the big one though that we got into uh, was Ark. I still have not played R. The dinosaur yeah. uh, multiplayer crafting, survival yeah. crafting game. Uh, of course, it's been also in early access for like all of time. Is it still in early access? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, it, <laughs> they they of I of DLCs don't know what this stuff, means yeah. anymore. They were selling DLCs while well in early access. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. Rules don't apply. Yeah, they, 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 also, they
0: did console launches and everything yep. while well in early access. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, they, they kind of got away with a lot because of the, of the popularity of that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd been seeing it for a long time, and and, and then Jay was like, let's, let's try this out. Let's actually see what this thing is all about because, of course, who doesn't want to go ride dinosaurs and, and whatever? Sounds amazing. So we, uh, so we booted that thing up, and it was hilarious because from the get-go, I was like, this is a PC game. The, mm-hmm. Everything about it was it just screamed, I'm a PC game. Were, it didn't tell you how to do jack shit. It mm-hmm. had infinite settings. The, and the, <laughs> the, the music when you came in was like this crazy over-the-top uh, music you would think of from something like Doom or something. Right, and it was yeah. just just over-the-top and not – and it wasn't that it was bad music. It was just that music you don't care about mm-hmm. that only exists to be loud and metal. You know? <laughs> and so, so you come in and that's like—that's the initial experience. And I was going through the menu trying to figure out how to do stuff. Like, just to, I just needed to create – uh, game because I didn't want to play online with Randos and have them murder me and do right. all that. I yeah. did not want to do that. So we were just going to play our own, you know, local game. And um, just figuring out how to how to run that was also a stretch. But even when you you <laughs> know when you boot from Steam, uh, games will often have a bunch of just like boot options. Yeah, they have eight boot options. Wow, just out of Steam. Yeah. So that's before they even hit their own launcher and stuff. Uh, that's, so that's
1: PC is. <laughs> it was so, it was hilarious. Uh, and
2: so it took us a while to kind of figure out how even how to fucking play in yep. the same world. Um, but we got into it finally. And you just, you just wake up naked, just, just like any other day. Just like any other, you just wake up <laughs> naked and there's, there's no information about what to do. So you just wake up mm. and there's like, there's no tutorial. There's no, there's no display of hot keys. There's nothing. So you just wake up and
0: you start see, slapping a keyboard.
2: Yeah. So I'm like, I hit I for inventory, hoping that, and sure enough, that worked. So yeah, they just assume you're going to remember some things like M for map and, you, right. and the character just holds up a board that has like a shitty drawing of a. <laughs> so, so it was – so, we're trying, so they, they didn't give you anything. You just basically start. And then mm. when you start, you have to literally punch down trees to get wood yep. so you can make tools for the first time. But punching things hurts you and so you're taking damage while you're punching down trees. <laughs> so and so it, was a, it was a very wild – That makes sense. It, it does. does. Yeah. If you punch down a tree, it would hurt. It would hurt. Uh, it, it was a very wild uh, sort of first-timer experience mm. for a game. And uh, but we, so we just started playing it and we just had to, we just had to figure it out so we were just like, talking to each other figuring out how this thing worked which made it you know more fun actually right. uh, and I imagine
0: going through that solo would probably be much I, think it less enjoyable. Yeah, I think it would suck
2: yeah I think would suck a lot um, but it was it was really fun just trying to figure out how the fuck we were supposed to be right. doing things um, so we start making clothes and whatever and like the, the moment you arrive there's just like a triceratops over here and there's mm-hmm. you know, there's these dinosaurs wandering around doing stuff. Uh, we got attacked by little kompsognathus mm. really quickly. There's a little herd of them that come up, and you know they're they're you have to like try to punch them because we don't have <laughs> <in it. laughs> and,
0: Damn
1: compies. Uh, and uh, been, they're basically like chickens. I think. yeah, they're yeah,
2: like yeah. the modern yeah. equivalent. And, and so yeah, I don't know. It was, it was super interesting. Uh, just just that that deliberately obtuse of a gameplay experience, mm. but it was it wasn't obtuse in a way that you couldn't figure out. So it didn't feel like it wasn't that it was poorly designed. It was just that it wasn't
1: explained at all. Yeah. The and game so, just trusted you.
2: Yeah. To just take care of stuff. Yep. And so we just we just kind of started to figure out. And it ended up being super, super fun. So we got to the point where we had uh, we had four dodo birds that we had tamed and were using mm-hmm. to, to harvest eggs from. They could also be your buddy and they can fight things for you. But they're very weak and they die very quickly. Yeah. Dodos are not the
0: best. No, you know, they're, I in think, a Jurassic they're, they're, Park scenario.
2: No. They're there for you <laughs> like an, an initial food and hide source I think gotcha. for you because they, they won't fight you back and stuff. And so we had we had that going, and then that thing got attacked by by some rogue uh, Dilophosaur, which is the one with the frills that shoots. Ass oh and spit, God! You know? Yeah, and mm-hmm. so they killed them all, and uh, and so we a were, fox
0: in your in your chicken coop. Exactly. Man.
2: So yeah, that was basically <laughs> it. He has your little foxes everywhere. And there was like the the body of water right next to us had had several. Uh, is it Megalodon? Is that the one? The giant sharks? Huge sharks? Yeah. I had several of those in there. So we would be swimming across and then- Oh, oh God. <laughs> and then you look down and like, and you're like, oh, fuck. And so I got, I got eaten by Megalodon like three times. Oh, man. Uh, that's
1: ooh. that's a bad that's a bad uh-huh. Saturday.
2: And then we'd see this thing off the distance. Like there's this giant giant dinosaur with this huge sail kind of fin on it. And mm-hmm. we're looking at it and we're like, is that an herbivore or a carnivore?
0: Yeah, is it violent? Because you
2: couldn't really tell, but it looks kind of- it, it could have been either, you know? And so- it, we didn't see it attacking anything, so we thought maybe this was fine. Uh, also, scale in 3D games is always very hard to tell, especially when there's, like, dinosaurs involved. because They're big. Yeah, because yeah. they're big and you don't really have a reference anymore. And so then we kind of got closer and realized the thing was really big and was a carnivore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it
2: ate the shit out of both of us. Uh, but it, was, I mean, it, was, it was wild. It was, so we got to the point where we had tamed a couple of... Uh, of what are they called? Parasaurs, which are the the ones that stand on hind legs and have this kind of funny shaped head that kind of mm, goes mm-hmm. back, oh yeah, you know? like, like kind of like an alien, from yeah, yes. aliens, you know. Uh, so we tamed a couple of those, and when we were getting ready, we were trying to go to go to make saddles for them because we had the saddle recipe. Oh yeah, we were, we were fucking ride these dinosaurs. So we take them out, and I'd been I'd been hoarding eggs from from dodo birds because there's a certain dinosaur, the oval So it's like a raptor, but it eats eggs. That's so mm, the oval part, right? yeah. So that. That you have to tame it by feeding it eggs, but to tame things, you have to first beat them unconscious, <laughs> and then you feed them you feed them narco berries, which are berries that make them sleep. Right, so you have to like mm. keep on feeding them narco berries while you're also so you have feeding to beat them, them and drug them, uh-huh. right? and while you also then feed them their favorite food, so that when they wake back up,
0: they're like, they're "I feel they're
2: great." Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I see, so I've, I've seen a few over Raptors, and I really mm-hmm. wanted one, and so I've been I've been collecting eggs. So, so Jane and I go off on our mission to go get enough hides that we can create these saddles for these awesome dinosaurs that we've tamed. And I see this over after I'm like, let fucking get That's this the guy. So I start chasing it. And these fuckers are fast. So, so this thing's running away. My dinosaur is trying to help me out, like trying to attack it. And I'm like, I'm trying you have to hit it with a club, which doesn't like do any damage. So I'm, like, I'm just like hitting it with this club and it keeps running away. And then it runs into the water and it's like just kind of swimming. And so I go in the water after it and it's not very deep, but apparently there's giant piranhas in this water. <laughs> which I which I did not know. And so also I'm getting attacked by a giant piranha and then my dinosaur is like now trying to help by fighting too, but there's a whole bunch of giant piranhas. So they're like attacking my dinosaur. Oh, and I get eaten. My dinosaur gets eaten and the overraptor. and the overraptor runs away. Oh. And so now I've lost all my shit. Right? <laughs> and I've lost my dinosaur that I was so pumped about. So Jenny still got her dinosaurs so are like, fine. So I go back, get the shit off my body. We keep on going deeper, <laughs> deeper into the jungle than we've ever been before. And, and then confront two interesting things I've never seen before. And one, and they looked kind of friendly, you know, mm-hmm. It uh, turns out one of them, if you get too close, stops being friendly. And the other one, I thought maybe I could tame. And so I hit it with a club. <laughs> oh, that I hit it or could not tame it. And then, I, <laughs> and then I ended up being dead and then I lost all my loot and I couldn't find it. So I like it was basically like four hours of gameplay of crafting, like just gone, and we couldn't find it. So I'm just now naked again out in the woods, and so so we're trying to figure out how to. So sort of like we just scrape together some stuff so we can just keep on going because at this point I've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny's and then, and then we meet for the first time uh, a titanoboa. Oh, a giant
0: snake! The giant snake! Can You Man, tame giant
2: snakes? You can somehow, but can you I can't a saddle on them. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's a snake saddle. You can put saddles on a lot of stuff, though. Huh. Uh, so, we, so we get attacked by Titanoboas. So the, and that, this thing, when, he, when they bite you, they poison you and cause you to go to sleep, and then you die. So, like, so you get, like, one hit. But, Damn. of course, they're giant dinosaurs. And so we weren't doing anything to them. They killed me immediately because I had Because uh, they are naked. They <laughs> killed Jenny's dinosaur and then killed her. I love so, the so, idea
0: of two naked people running up to a 40-foot-long uh-huh. venomous it was, like, snake. snake. <laughs> <trendy. laughs>
2: It was wild. So, so we ended up – so we got to that point where we, we felt like we were progressing sort of in a linear way and like getting mm-hmm, better at the game. Mm-hmm. And then we took our first steps out of like the initial tiny, tiny little peninsula that and you start on. And just got straight murdered. And just got murdered. <laughs> and, and, and it is unforgettable When you get murdered, you do drop your loot. So if you can get back there, right. you're fine. But the place where we need to get back to was now surrounded by titanoboas and giant <laughs> dragonflies.
0: Uh, do they have a memory? So titanobo- the okay, But the okay. titanoboa
2: is very violent and just comes after you. From a distance. Wow. So it doesn't matter what it remembers, it's going to come out. Does
0: it have a really good slithering animation? I like it's got horrible. a
2: pretty good one yeah. a, and it slithers over, over giant rocks oh, and stuff. Oh, no. you know? So, <laughs> so at, one, <laughs> no. at one point when we had made it a little bit deeper, we fought off a giant crocodile just barely. And then uh, and then I saw Jenny kind of a little bit off in the distance, like doing some harvesting, you know, and I look a little bit further and I was like, Jenny, there's a Titanoboa like looking at you. <laughs> And, uh, and so and so she just starts, like, beelining away from it, you know? And I couldn't tell if it had seen her or not because it seemed like it was pretty far away. But it just, like, kept on kept on going. And then another one.
0: Oh, no. Then, like, it's like that scene from
2: nature so, yeah. <laughs> so they start chasing her up a mountain. And so she's just, like, she's sprinting, but she doesn't have enough stamina. So at some point she runs out of sprint. Oh, and no. And so she's just walking. And there's these two giant titanators oh, no. just, like, <laughs> coming up. And so the Jenny leapt off the cliff to try to get away. But, of course, died when she hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then the titanobos <laughs> slithered down the cliff to and come after boning? me. Okay. Uh, and then I got killed by giant dragonflies while I was running
0: <laughs> Man, this sounds... It is, it was wild. Amazing. So I need to get in on yep. this. Yeah, it
2: is super yep. fun. So tonight I think we're going to play again. <laughs> and the question we ended up with was, was basically just, how? Yeah. How do you... Pr- like How? Because we... We managed to also tame a Triceratops just barely because it almost killed us in the mm-hmm. process and then we had it and we tried to tame another one so we could have Triceratops buddies, you know, and that one just murdered the fuck out of us because mm. uh, oh, it's just like <laughs> everything about this game is so hard but so satisfying because then you got like – Because once you do it, then now it's – Yeah, and you can yeah. – and you can any of those things that you – maybe not any of them but all the ones so far that we found that you can tame, you can also set up to mate. And then, like, right. and then lay eggs. And then, some subset of the eggs are fertilized. And you can, like, if you put them by fire and keep them, like, well, temperature stabilized, and you can hatch little babies. Mm. And then there's, they have each, they actually have, like, a uh, breeding tree, you know? So you can, if you go into the menu for one of your dinosaurs, you can see who its parents were ah. and all this. So, like, it goes pretty deep.
1: Sounds like I just it. like yeah. the idea
0: of, of saying, okay, every enemy in this game, essentially what they are, is both gigantic, which is mm-hmm. horrifying. Uh, also, you can tame it. Yep. Also, you can farm it. Yep. Also, you can slap a saddle on anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. was, that combination of options well, is just even
2: so fun. Which is a which is an underwater thing.
1: You saddle it. But you can saddle it. Apparently,
2: <laughs> you
1: just hold your breath and yeah. you can go for it. <laughs> <and> go for <laughs> it go for <laughs> so
2: Jenny accidentally started taming one because it was they're, those, they're they're just curious. So she came by and all of a sudden like an option to feed it things came up, and so she started to feed it stuff. And she didn't manage to tame it because I think it would require a lot more than that, but. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they're just like hanging out. Then we thought, oh, maybe, maybe there's some good friendly stuff in the water, you know. And then you got in there, and then megalodons, and you got eaten, and giant, weird, creepy stingrays, which is what killed me the first time I went into the water. It's pretty wild. I got to get in on this, yeah. I would definitely recommend it. I, I think, uh, so my wife's my conclusion was basically if you were playing it by yourself, it would just, yeah, it would just probably suck, yeah, definitely. If you're playing it online with the broader community, it would also really suck, probably, yeah, because. Because the, the, it's actually everything is persistent. So if you are in a server and you leave, your body is still there now asleep.
1: Oh, so people would just come in and uh-huh. take people your can shit. murder you. People when you're can sleeping. murder you while
2: you're sleeping. People can kill uh-huh. all your dinosaurs. Yeah. People can destroy. It's like, so because I thought it was really confusing at first when I when we first made a crate so we could put our loot into it, and it lets you set a pin code on it. Oh, and we're yeah. like, why? That's and they're like, oh, because people steal your shit. Uh, but of course, <laughs> you can just destroy it. And so I don't really know. Wait, so you can't
1: get anything out of it, but you can just be. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if like just when it gets me. destroyed.
2: Yeah. Although we had a Triceratops when we were trying to tame it, rampage through and destroy our entire base. Uh, and so after it <laughs> did course. that, the uh, the crates that it destroyed ended up as just like little satchels of the stuff that was in there. So I guess if you're in a mm. multiplayer, probably you could just destroy it and get mm. – just steal people's stuff also. Maybe just – I guess it takes more work probably. But yeah.
0: um, oh, I'm stilled. It was wild. We've talked a lot about how like building a video game that generates user stories that are just kind of – Just fun to share is is kind of the key to all the stuff nowadays. And
2: well, yeah, shit, it's it's just you're just out hanging out with. Dinosaurs, you know. Yeah,
1: and it turns I out mean, that's a lot of trouble. It's a lot of you know, trouble. A five-year-old like, me would have shitted oh pants God. about this. Yeah, people. yeah. I like, was, like, yeah, was like,
2: when I was going to bed, and last also just night. generally, just generally know, being
1: five. Uh-huh. It just happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no shame, you know. It's fine yeah, it's
2: just a thing that happens. <laughs> it's grown but yeah, we're talking about last night, and I was like, I feel like this sort of is the conclusion of my childhood. Finally, mm. you know, it's like you get to go ride dinosaurs. Yep. Which
1: is all all we ever really wanted. All you ever I wanted. wanted. Um, and then Sam, you played risk of rain.
0: I did. The, I finally got to one. hop into risk of rain two this weekend, um, which was super fun. And it was very funny. Cause I heard, I heard so many comments from people about how they're like, yeah, they, they really just super effectively mapped the original design, which was in 2d pixel art onto this 3d design. And, and it's just more compelling. And so I had played the first one and then um, uh, hopped into the second one. And yeah, hundred percent. Like they feel the same, which is really weird. Like on a meta level, um, they just feel like exactly the same game, which is super interesting. But of course, a first-person shooter, or I guess it's yeah, like a, a third-person shooter, is just way more interesting and compelling because you have so many different degrees of, of aiming to deal with, right? Yeah. So it was really fun, um, very cool, and I'm curious what they're going to do with it to kind of push it beyond the original design. That's sort of what I'm mm-hmm. waiting to see. I think it needs. Do few, they need to? Yeah, it think, seems to be
1: selling thirty-three I mean, yeah, million copies. They don't need to do
0: anything; they're fine. But yeah. um, from a design standpoint, I think. It, it could use – after playing something like say, the Spire, which has a roguelike structure to it, um, it definitely feels like it could use some additional layer of something going on to make it more likely that you'll hop back into a new game. So something like Slay the Spire, every time you start a run, basically you, you start off with a random thing that you can choose from like the little god guy who starts you off. Yeah. And so that's that automatically starts you up with this generative idea of like, oh, here's what I'm going to you know, give it go this time um and there's enough of those decision points along the way that it's really really interesting and weird and with risk of rain it was very very fun for about like an hour hour and a half but i didn't have that same sort of like drive to go again after playing it two or three times because i was like i don't know well, kind of like uh
2: what was that that something galactic whatever the the mining
0: deep rock galactic deep rock galactic yeah kind of like that
2: yeah we're just yeah. we felt like we f- accessed everything yes yeah, within a few hours of of gameplay,
0: yeah. uh, and it's not clear how you unlock the different characters and stuff. So I couldn't, I couldn't, do, I couldn't make a decision make as a player yourself. even just to say like, oh yeah, I'm going to go work toward this thing, whatever else. So,
1: so it's got some, I think rough edges to work out.
0: Yeah, I mean, not, again, not that it matters because they're doing great, but um, just from a game design standpoint, I think there's definitely some cool stuff that could be done there.
1: Okay, and then you also took uh, Will Wright's masterclass. I did. I want to hear about this.
0: Well, so you know, part of this idea of, um, I guess, the last couple of years for me has been. Recognizing that I don't actually have a formal education in anything that I'm doing, and so maybe it'd be good to go so did, to
1: go do that, something <laughs> like that.
0: Uh, at least just to see what's out there. And so um, we had our mom got us a master class for Christmas last year, and I think they're like eighty bucks, Pretty something sure. like that, something like that. And so I was I've been looking through all of them and trying to decide what I was going to do. There's like creative writing, there's acting, there's like cooking, all sorts of stuff. And then I yeah I was thinking about it, and I was like, you yeah, know, this would be a good opportunity to basically just take a design class and actually see what. That is like – and we've taught one before, but I've never actually taken one, which is kind of funny. And so um, <laughs> so I took – it's Will Wright, who's the guy who did The Sims and SimCity and like all that sort of simulation-based stuff. Since Spore was his sort of – the really big one. And it was very interesting. It's very well done. So the whole thing is like really high production value. Mm-hmm. And they have a little workbook that goes with it too. And so you sort of – you listen to – you do the lecture and then you have a little assignment that goes with it. And it's all about learning how to – with like what play and what design are and that sort of thing and then structuring all the way into systems design basically at the very end Um and it's very well put together like shockingly well put together I would say and covers it does cover the whole range of stuff and I heard someone say that and they are talking about the, the Gordon Ramsay's cooking class that it essentially was like a hundred hours worth of culinary school in this couple hour window right because each class yep. is between like six and fifteen minutes you know yep. and there's like it's just them.
1: so dense. It's Cause really cause dense. You're hearing from an expert who's been doing it forever.
0: Yeah, and and so I think it was. It's very good to have already done some design when you're taking one of these because you have a lot more to grab onto. I guess like as they're you know talking about a bunch of different things. Um, and it was very funny because of course it's it's Will Wright and like all of his games are Sims in some way, right? Yeah, and he doesn't make arcade games or, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't or do just straight or up <laughs> mechanic roguelike roguelike games. And but a lot of what he talks about is emergence and this other stuff. And so. It's interesting seeing that because that's a very heavy part of, of course, this design series thing because that's what he does and it's his thing. Yeah. So it was very interesting. I got some good takeaways from it, um, and I think, I mean, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend. Given the cost, like eighty bucks, that's for even like a legit worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a really, really good overview of the whole thing. Eighty with bucks, the a
1: couple hours getting genuinely good advice from somebody yeah. who really knows what they're talking. Yeah, about. and even, I
0: mean, he even talks about pitching and like how to think about. How to think about how to talk about your game, right? At the end of the day, which is which is really good. And apparently, he originally internally um, referred to The Sims as as, as, a, as a dollhouse because that's sort of the metaphor he had used to do a lot of the design work. Um, and no one wanted to touch it with like a ten foot pole because they're like, oh, "This is dumb," you know. I'm yeah, still,
2: just, selling a I don't play with dollhouse. dolls. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you
0: know, uh, and then and then as they basically, he had to constantly refine that pitch and just, you know realize what it was that he was actually trying to sell which is that you you know you're in charge of this person and this whole group of people and and you want to you know keep them safe and happy and then if they're really happy and stuff then you get to buy cool stuff for your house and it, it's literally a dollhouse
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: but you just can't say, you can't it. say
1: it is that because no one will.
0: It's <laughs> uh so it was just some really interesting and good stuff in there so i i would recommend it i think if anybody's interested in that sort of thing and the the lessons are very bite-sized so you could do like one a night because there are 20 30 minutes um, and they have an app on the phone. So you can just like pop it up on your mm-hmm. phone. It's really, really convenient. So how do
1: you find this? It's just, just, just
0: masterclass. Masterclass.com.
1: Like, yeah. I think. It's masterclass.
2: I think even. Yeah. Okay. I was doing the one on, uh, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Canadian astronaut. Chris Hadfield. Chris ha- yeah. Hadfield. Um, so he has one on being an astronaut, which I like, I took it. And I was like, obviously I'm not gonna learn how to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but it turns out you did. Well it, well, it was more that I was like, I want to pair this together with finishing it and then going and playing Kerbal Space Program. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Because
2: that's how you can be an astronaut. Just as close as you're
0: Yeah.
2: But no, it was, it was super, super fun and, and, and informative. But it was one of those things where that's that was the kind of class that very clearly you couldn't walk away. You could walk away with some interesting knowledge. Right. But you don't get to walk away knowing now how to tools, do something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but mostly their classes look like they get to – you get to walk away with some tools. Yeah, you
0: definitely get disposing. some tools, and the structure of the the workbook and stuff is really clean and and good. So it's like, oh, you after you take a lesson, it'll be like, oh, go generate you know five ideas based on this thing, or like take these these playground games like hopscotch or hot potato and convert them like use those same ideas and convert them into a, a video game of some sort, right? And so it's just sort of practicing your your game design chops and then and then taking the opportunity then to take those designs, pitch them to friends, or whatever else and see what the response is. And so yeah, I think it's it's a really good place to start
1: for sure. Cool. Want to check that out. Uh, let's talk to, let's talk about studio news. What we got? First thing, shenanigan. It's coming September twenty eight, one to five PM here in St. Louis. Yeah. What's happening?
0: It's gonna be the best. So again, this is our second year doing this. So um we're really, really what we're aiming to do is sort of Give everybody an intimate experience with the actual studio, right? So we have the podcast. There's a live podcast that will happen. We're just going to be hanging out for about four hours on that Sunday uh, or on Saturday, right? And, um, And also doing for the first time a live, like a level head competition of sorts. It'll be very goofy. It's not like a hardcore competition where people are going to get uh, too intense, at least I hope so. Um, yeah, there's,
2: there's not like a million-dollar
1: prize
0: pool. Yeah. No, no, there's not a prize pool at all. It's Not just, this year. Not this year, but <laughs> Fortnite. It'll,
1: yeah, be, World, the, it'll um, be the uh, World Cup. Uh, will be the World Cup next time.
0: <laughs> uh, but it's going to be very fun, and we've been working with I – t- I got to talk to uh, RetroFile TV, who's sort of been our you know resident speedrunner in our community, and, and we went back and forth a little bit about the structure of how to think about this competitive thing and watch some of the Games Done Quick videos and stuff, and so we're going to do – some format of a blind relay, which basically what it will be is people haven't – there will be new levels that people haven't been able to play before. That's what the blind part means. Mm-hmm.
2: It doesn't mean you're blindfolded.
0: That Well, yeah, Retro could do that, but nobody yeah. else could. So yeah. um, it will be – yeah, new levels for everybody, and then we'll basically split the group, the groups into a couple teams and uh, see which team can kind of get through the levels the fastest. And so I watched a few of these on the Games Done Quick thing, and it's hysterical and very, very – it gets very high-charged very quickly because, of course, as soon as one person falters – you at the part of the relay is that as soon as someone dies, you fill in their seat, mm-hmm. right? And so we might do a co-op one where it's gonna even funnier. I think if people are know, we
2: gonna use new campaign levels? Or something that's what like I'm that?
0: hoping to do, but I'm not no promises on okay. that because we gotta see kind of where the yep. dev timeline shakes out. So it is gonna be a ton of fun, uh, and we will have new merch available as well at for the first time at Shenanicon. So uh, I think we're getting level head tees. Is that correct?
1: I don't know. We're working on Could be, stuff. That's um, what I've heard.
0: Yeah. So we're working on uh, the first run of Levelhead Tees as well as, of course, the original Butterscotch shirts and stuff like that. So it'll be a really good time. And we're also uh, getting worked into a few different partnerships locally in St. Louis to get uh, sort of the word spread here locally, which will start happening very soon. So if you're interested, get a ticket. They're at meet.biscotch.net. That's M-E-E-T or M-E-A-T. We got them both. However you want, However it. You <laughs> want it. Yeah. So look forward to seeing you guys. And, and it think- won't just
2: be that either, because we got. That's the official. Yeah. That's the thing that like you're buying a ticket, you're going to that event, you're doing all the things that that in the structured environment, right? Uh, but also, there's the rest of the night. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen the rest of the night, but we're gonna we're gonna all be somewhere. Yeah. Just e- chilling, eating food, mm-hmm. chilling, hanging out chatting yep. yeah and so last was, year we did this It was a fucking blast I was, I was i actually had more fun actually not more fun i had a different kind of fun yeah. there because there it was just like it was just a lot more just like chilling and chatting and, and yeah. whatever um because for us of course during the event itself we're running around like trying to manage mm-hmm. things or whatever um but uh but it is it was it was super fun to to both have that structured thing
1: yeah um and then go out and then just like It just creates chat. a
0: basis of shared experience that then yeah, exactly. everybody can kinda of leverage in, yeah. in the event. And this is so one much. of
1: those things where as we as we grow this event over time, that aspect of it is definitely gonna be harder to <laughs> yeah. hit. Yeah. Uh so if, if you're interested come now yep while it's still we still are able to do these sort of smaller get-togethers yeah, um, yeah. afterwards
2: yeah because the long-term goal is to is to grow this thing uh, mm-hmm. year over year yeah uh, but that does mean that over time just just has to be less intimate yeah that's just how it is so yes
1: so get in on the ground floor yeah hipster it all right uh, so that's Shenanicon. and then also Adam and Sam are going to pax dev Pax Dev that's yeah uh, August
0: it's the end of this month. Twenty, yeah, five, six, or seven. It's right yeah. before PAX. That's what it is. <laughs> it's the Monday. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're coming into Seattle on Monday, and then we're leaving on Friday. We're actually leaving when PAX starts, which is yeah, weird. We're leaving. Are we leaving
2: the morning of PAX. <laughs> we're
0: leaving the morning of PAX, which I'm very excited about. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been to
2: PAX twice now: once to show, once to yeah. attend. It's and big. They were very stressful both times. Yeah, so it was also very. It's cool, great, but and it's, it's worth viewing once.
0: Yeah, but. Whew. So we don't have a booth this year, so we're just going to get out of town. It's August 27th cool, okay. as possible. 27th, okay. so PAX dev. That's when we'll be there. Cool. So we'll, we'll be in town uh, that time, and so we might do a little – usually when we come to, to PAX and go to Seattle, we'll do a little meetup uh, in one of the evenings. Yeah, let's there. try to organize something. So uh, we'll get some put together and talk about that on the next podcast. So anybody who's in the Pacific Northwest slash Seattle. Which supposedly every game
2: developer is in uh, States here. anyway. Yeah. That's what we've heard. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so, yep, yep.
0: So hopefully we can see a few people there. Uh, and otherwise Adam's gonna be on a panel. Yep. And I'll just be at Pax Dev hanging out. Networking. And we've people. never
2: been to Pax Dev, so we don't know what to expect. We just decided we're gonna go for the whole thing just mm-hmm. to see what it's all about. I checked
0: out the list of talks today. They look fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one well, of them
2: it's an interesting it's an interesting event because it's it's kind of it it isn't explicitly, but it implicitly brands itself as sort of counter to GDC in a lot yes. of ways. Where the things people complain about GDC, they kind of again implicitly are sort of not doing those things. Mm. So I, I'm really curious to see what the quality of the talks are, is well, going to be well it's very uh, fun
0: because press aren't allowed.
2: Yeah. Or or uh, people selling stuff, I don't yeah. think, right? So it's people it's developers. It's just yeah. developers. Yeah. And everything like you're not everything's supposed to be kind of pseudo NDA so yeah, you're it's not a little hush hush. You
0: know, yeah. Which is kind of fun. Uh, so yeah it are very great. cool. But I saw one of the, one of the talks was uh, something like infinite stories the uh, the procedural storytelling of of professional wrestling. And I was like, I am so down <laughs> <laughs> i want to go feel that out. So there's a bunch of really cool talks. And they start at like ten thirty. I mean, mm-hmm. So like it's not it's not as intense as something like GDC, which is like nine AM. Tons of stuff is happening, meetings yeah. all the time. So there's it should like, be really,
2: really yeah, And there's because at GDC there's like ten parallel talks and panels happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah also we're even.
0: meeting with everybody oh, yep. constantly. So this yeah, is, is I think it'll be a chill. really good
1: trip. And I'll just be back here working on level head mm-hmm. patches. while yep, you guys so, yep. do that. So um, all
2: you all you level head players can can be happy knowing that Seth will be still diligently
1: working. Speaking of level head, Dev, uh, we're deep in the middle of of the next patch. Yeah, uh, which is proving to be quite a the alligator to wrestle. Mm -hmm. This is a full web overhaul of pretty much everything, everything that is happening uh, between the game and and the server in terms of how we handle your play history, how we handle your friends list, how we handle your uh favorites, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Well the, and the two main aspects of it were that previously everything was just stored in your save file basically.
2: So yeah. it's just it's just a list embedded in the game so the server doesn't even have access to it directly. Right. Which meant the server can't do things on your behalf from the website or while you're not playing because somebody triggered something that should cause a change in your right. list or whatever. Right. None of that
1: could happen because of of that. So it's only the game knows.
2: Yeah. So that was one piece and the other piece And also piece,
1: things can't happen until you have the game running. Right yeah
0: right
2: <laughs> so. and, then, and then the other piece of that was the limits we'd put on things, which was basically because we knew we wanted to migrate stuff to the web at some point. we had very strict limits on on how many how many things we stored in terms of like the number of levels that you've beaten or the most recently mm-hmm. played levels or how many friends you have or whatever. we'd basically we'd limited those all really severely uh, and we've decided to by by coming up with a certain way of storing stuff and then dealing with it between the server and the game, We've come up with a way to basically kind of store arbitrarily large numbers of things. Just blow um, those limits up. Yeah.
0: So now we're going to reduce those limits dramatically. Yeah. Yes. I think a from stuff. a like metaphorical standpoint, what's kind of happened? It's like if we built if we built a skyscraper out of wood,
1: Okay. And we're like, okay, we're going to end up with the same skyscraper. But it's going to be steeled. Yeah. So yep. that we can throw another 50 stories yeah, on top. And you
0: of have to not let it come crashing down while you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. So you're taking
1: out individual it's pieces. It's playing Jenga, yeah, you, you take yeah. out one piece and you put a. So
0: that's, uh, that's where Seth's been living. Yeah. For so the th- last this while. is one
1: of those interesting. It, this is really interesting to work on because it's sort of like getting really deep into the guts of all kinds of game systems mm-hmm. and ripping them out and plugging new stuff in there. It's unfortunate on the sort of like player facing side because if I do it right, then you should not see anything. <laughs> but importantly, we're except helping. that we are coupling it with yeah, we're a, coupling bunch of a bunch of stuff. Stuff. and Assuming the, we can make it there. Assuming we the time. time, yeah.
0: So the most important is that, like, the reason we're doing all this uh, is, again, to sort of just juice up the social nature of the game and make it way more possible to, for example, see that someone played your level or see that someone just favorited your stuff um, when you come into the game as opposed to just sort of, like, it's some really weird arbitrary stuff. And yeah. so a lot of this – like the, all of it's setting the ground floor for all of those changes to come, which are sort of – they're already in a designed sense, but they need that implementation time once the skyscraper done being rebuilt. So that's kind of where we're at with everything.
1: Yeah, and don't quite know where that's going to land by the time the patch hits but we're just working on it. Mm-hmm. So this might be a weird patch in the sense that it's <laughs> yeah. actually, you know, because I'm I'm making commits to the code base like 20 times a day, but none of them are a complete change. And so after, you know, six or seven work days of this, there's going to be one patch note. that's like mm-hmm. fully updated. Set <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's going to look super sparse, but then behind the yeah, scenes, we have, yeah, we have a yeah. much more powerful thing that we can work with. And yeah. that's also going to allow for things like, uh, liking levels Yes You know Which has yeah. been a, That's what we're It's up. been a source by Because it's something We've been wanting to do But it's not possible Under our current system mm-hmm. So But we should also say that Given Since we know how much
2: Work is required To get this all done We are going to Put the patch out On that next Friday
0: Correct August 16th of so, We're going to give ourselves Same yeah. week
2: Only two days different Give ourselves um, two more days Just to make sure we can do it And a lot of this can be To add some extra testing Yeah um, so, yes. so, probably go. It'll probably still go to the beta channel about the same time it usually does. Is my guess.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. It'll probably be available still on Wednesday. Yeah, and then we'll we'll uh, yeah touch we'll it up watch. and make sure just, it's. We'll good. need a lot more people poking around because mm-hmm. just
2: literally everything will have changed, and it'll be uh, important to make sure
1: it's going to work for for everybody. Yes. Uh, and then last bit of studio news: I streamed again. How was it? It was great. Uh, I we did, I did a uh, two hours on Saturday, two hours on Sunday. So this was just working on this building a game from scratch in order to kind of show people just how it comes together and then taking suggestions from people on what they want to see implemented. Mm. Um, I'm not building this with any regard to like a plan. I'm not saying like, here's what I want this game to be like. Let's explore how right. to make that. Instead. It's just what do people want to see? And then I put that in. Um, so it may end up not being good, but, <laughs> but the goal is to make a sort of a, a, Library of code and knowledge of how that code was created, so that people can pull that down on GitHub and then use that and, and learn from that. So that's been super interesting. Uh, and then we made Twitch partner, I guess. Oh yeah, Twitch is, like that, is that a thing you just have, or do you? I don't know. Get uh, I didn't really, I didn't look into it because I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we hit the we hit all the requirements for that. So now I'm probably going to shift back to one day a weekend because. Mm. Working five days a week and then also streaming Saturday that's and Sunday starts to become a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so – and then the YouTube videos from that are are available. So if you missed it, you can go back and check it out. And otherwise, uh, just go to our Twitch channel and subscribe to get to the future streams. So that's going on. Uh, we don't have and any – at that's at twitch.tv slash bscotch probably. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think we have any industry news to talk about necessarily. Not that I can think of. So – no, all probably, right. Probably a lot of things happened, a lot of stuff happened, but that just that's all. It keeps happening. Yep. So it just keeps on happening. It's just kind of it's just more of the same story, just different details. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was actually talking with Sampa over the weekend because she's new to the studio, and she was making some comment about how she's like, there's a lot of big like shake shakeups going on in the industry, just like a lot of big things happening. Mm-hmm. There's like new subscription services popping up and like all of a sudden Nintendo's on top and they were on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And, and uh I'm like, you know, I see how it would feel like that if, if you're sort of new to it, like new to the games industry. But now we've been keeping a close eye on it for nine years mm-hmm. and it's like, or seven years. And it's like, this is just always how it is. Like every every year there's some huge seismic shift where suddenly somebody who was on the bottom is now on the top. Yep. There's some new person in and somebody else leaves and uh, it's just chaos. Yeah, It so. does feel a little bit like
2: they're kind of stacking temporally. Because yeah, you, know, you know beat frequencies where you can have a bunch of frequencies of things occurring, but are, they're all slightly different. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while they, they line stack. up. Yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like a bunch of things lined up in the past I think like, true. Yeah. 18 yeah. months. Uh, and and so I, th- I think it 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 is true that in some senses is always happening, um, but I do think that recently, yeah, every now and then it feels it's a bit. I, much. Think it's a <laughs> I think it's more true. I think it's more true than right now. Yeah.
1: So um and yeah I, and I don't know for those who have been paying attention to what's been going on with Ooblets. Oh I know, yeah. I don't know if we want to. No, we could talk about. It. I think it's a great. So, so essentially, Ooblets, uh got an, an epic exclusive. So, they, first, they were part of. I want to say Double Fine. Yes, Double Fine gets acquired by Microsoft, and then Double Fine drops a whole bunch of their games from their portfolio, Ooblets, including Ublitz. So, Ooblets, Ooblets doesn't have a publisher, and they're a two-person team, mm-hmm, which right. is brutal because they're making a big 3D game, right? Right. So. So, all of a sudden, uh, yet last week, the Ublitz developers reveal that they have gotten an ex- exclusivity offer from Epic Games to be on the Epic Store. They took the deal. Um, and then this is where things started to go sideways Was was they made a blog post explaining that this was happening. And the first half of the blog post is great. They're just like – Excellent framing. They're, they're just liking. like, here's the deal. They offered us a lot of money. That's great for us and we need it. Yeah. Yep. So – that's a perfectly fine reason to make a business move. Yeah, it's basically and, like
0: more ooblets. That's what you yeah, get. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and and the way that they had talked about it was like it was a bigger offer than they could have hoped to make across all other platforms. Yeah. Just full stop, right? Yeah, Which is like, like you'd be stupid not to do this. Yeah, it gave
0: yeah. them a guaranteed
1: yeah. amount, right? Yeah. Um. And so that would have been good if they just kind of put a lid on it right there. Mm-hmm. But instead they they wrote a second half of this blog post Sort of explaining how people. I'm going to paraphrase here. People don't get to be upset about this.
0: Yeah, it was one of, the, <laughs> one of those weird ones where it was like the. So, like, we met the Ubots team at uh, at PAX, and they're like, they're both just they're super nice people, and you could see yeah. that you could see it coming through actually, even when they're talking about even in the second half of this uh, this post where things get a little wonky, um, because they're essentially just trying to say like, don't like, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it. No one has anything to worry about. Like, don't worry about it. But the problem is that when there's like an incited mob well and they also of,
1: did they also did use the phrase toxic and entitled to describe people who would right. be opposed to right this so it was
0: right. one of those things where it was like didn't have didn't they, have. yeah to. they were close to not like poking well, it's like mess. when
2: someone's really angry and you tell them to calm down yes
0: that's that's basically what it was <laughs> right. and so and so i read the news on which
1: weirdly doesn't work
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> i read i read the news on uh, on like i think a pc game or something because
1: like a bunch of press art you know outlets picked this up yeah um and all the press wrote about was they were just like, oh, this is a – like Ublitz has got an exclusive deal. Yeah.
0: But all of them linked to the post and then also linked into their Discord, which yeah. I hopped into. It was just like – and they had – luckily, they'd set up a little channel for people to go, you know, vent about stuff. But I don't know. It was one of those things where I was like I felt really bad because I was like, oh, man. I, I think with just like cutting that cutting that post halfway, I would have been yeah. – it still would have been bad. The right,
1: they did the right move for their business. Oh, yeah, 100%. This um, is – I, mean, I think it's, game. it's
0: an important thing for, you know, anybody who's – who's genuinely super mad about this is like it's fine. It is fine in the sense that uh, that you have to understand that the realities of an indie dev – I mean they've been working on this for like three years now and having like gotten a publisher, lost a mm-hmm. publisher. Um, it, like, It's not like there's money shooting through the door. Well, and that. also looking yeah. at it, yeah, it's out very
2: hard to be successful on Steam.
0: The whole thing is just yeah, hard. Yeah, it's and hard so, to be
2: successful pretty much anywhere.
0: Yeah, so yeah. It, it just makes – it makes so much sense and is such a – a good idea for the sake of the game and for just making exactly what they want to make. Um, and also just making it so they can be people instead of just devs. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean so it, it would right.
1: have even been fine. I think had they, had they sort of ended it with like, we understand that some, some people are not going to like this yeah. and we're, we get it. Uh, but it is, a you know, the exclusivity lasts for this amount of time. And once mm-hmm. that's over, you know, you'll be able to get right. it on whatever platform. And sorry about that. If you know, yeah. we just have to do his best
0: for us. Yeah. yeah. And that's, so. that's
1: a fine, Way to, to take it, yeah.
0: So it's interesting. I think, um, I mean, this you know, the Epic Store exclusive stuff, it'll keep on happening for a while. And I think it's 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 interesting to see how different teams kind of what angle or framing they try to take with it, and see what actually works or doesn't. And I think I'm still hoping that over the next like six months or a year or so, that this the intensity of this rage about Epic is going to kind of die down a bit because um, it's.
1: I think there's a yeah. it, there's a contingent that will always kind of keep that ember burning. I think there's yeah. it's never going to go away. Um but yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to kind of see. Yeah. As also as the epic store becomes more feature complete as they get uh you know, feature parity like yeah. achievements and all other stuff, then the a lot of the reasons that people don't like the idea of games going over there will start to go down over time yeah. and It'll just be a thing,
0: yeah. Uh, So it's it's been interesting. It's interesting from a PR standpoint to watch some of these things go down. I think, yeah, Um, because it's really just unfortunate. It's like that's I mean you you get this thing as a dev that really legitimately is a lifesaver for your business, and then it's like a hot. It's like a hot potato, yeah. and you got to figure out how the hell to. Like, well,
1: you, and it, yeah, and it's also it's like know? a hot potato, but also you're starving. And it's like the only potato you got. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're like, I got to eat this hot potato. Yeah, it's going to burn. Kinda, there's a grenade in it. Yeah. It's yeah, going to no, it's it's be a so, I, mean, I mean,
0: kudos to the Ubud team for, I mean, even making a public post about it, frankly. Yeah. I, like, I, I, this is the important thing. Well, here, I, it, like, yeah.
1: And I mean, looking at what they did, it, it's so easy to look at it and be like, why did they do it like that? Yeah. It's like, but, I mean, the, the, the thinking that they had to go through was just like, they would get this offer and they'd be like, we have to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then their next qu- like, and and they're, they're smart. They yeah, know, really smart. Yeah. they know that there's going to be a big outcry yeah. about it. Yeah. So um, their question is, how do we, how do we
2: prep this so that we minimize the amount of outrage yeah. as much as possible?
1: Yeah, uh, Because they have to do what's best for themselves and their game and their company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that same thing is going to make a huge number of people really mad. Yeah, it's just hard, and so man. now they've got to do it. And then they have to figure out how to, how to, talk about it and they they missed but yeah
0: i just hope it doesn't burn them out you know because like yeah. it's it's really hard to take that sort of tidal wave of negativity as a small team it's just really hard because there's oh, not yeah there's not enough people where you can be like i'm just going to ignore this and it's fine and like we have a pr person who's just going to absorb all this pain for the whole team and it's just fine no i mean i mean getting
1: even like a, a <laughs> you know one or two negative reviews for your game yeah, it it hurts
0: so but it, having
1: I, like a thousand people come into your your uh, yeah. subreddit and just like shitting on you an and intent on destroying
0: you actually is, is yeah. The, is the, and they have so, a lot of time. Yeah. To do so it. I, yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really wishing them the best as uh, regardless of the situation and that, that they, that they manage to keep the, keep the faith for the next <laughs> until it blows over. Cause like it will, you know, um but it's going to be, it's going to be rough if they're paying attention to their discord or Twitter or anything like that, which I know like a lot of their marketing has been through those. Yeah. Format well, and it's there. very
2: hard in that, in the, in the direct format of just responding to stuff to not dig yourself into a deeper hole. Yep. And my impression has been that because well,
1: now everything you say is suspect. Oh, right? yeah. So, yeah. You,
2: well, and again, people are looking for, re- they're not, they're not looking for reasons to assuage their concerns, yep. right? They're looking for more reasons to be upset. Uh, and it's true. I mean, this is just how people work. This is how we all yep. do things, right? Um, and so, so the fact is, there there is no winning by engaging. Correct. There just isn't. And and unfortunately, if your whole strategy is based off of like community engagement, active, I mean, real time community engagement, you just you don't get to escape. Now you're just I mean, yeah. you're. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse.
1: And the only the only move is to step back. Yeah. Well, and honestly, this is funny too because people give Nintendo a lot of crap for, mm-hmm. like, for example, they have this, oh, this yeah. drifting Joy-Con thing, right? They say nothing. They just—they're just like we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. And after it's like people are super mad about it for like a week, and then they're even more mad because Nintendo won't say anything. But then after a while, Fids. people just kind of get tired of banging their head against the wall, and then mm. and then they just wander off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So So you know, I mean that sucks. That that's the sort of like strategy, but you know? I but yeah, I get yeah. it because as soon as you open your mouth, you've now just Everyone's added fuel to me. the yeah. fire. So. Anyway, I was going to have some questions. Uh, these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. The highest upvoted question is from Irish Luck. What is the silliest bug you found in your code? Alternatively, what is the most frustrating bug that you have had in your code? I would say those hmm. are probably the same. Yeah, which is it's always silly, like a parenthesis or something. <laughs> and this actually happened this actually happened multiple times when I was streaming. It was like I would have I made a new coordinate system to do an isometric grid and I couldn't get – I was trying to like make the tiles ripple wherever I clicked the mouse and they were just like random ones were rippling. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I'm trying to figure it out and I go through and check on my math. And everything looks right for my coordinate conversion. and It turns out that I just had like a parentheses offset in like my mm. one space, you know, and then move that. Works out fine because it all looks right, you know. I think this is the funny thing
0: about watching a programmer stream because like how long did that take you to figure that was like a couple minutes or – Yeah, it was like five minutes. Yeah. I,
1: I, I, I made some – uh uh, some debug stuff to kind of sh- – but but part of it I took it as a learning thing, which is like, okay, so if this kind of thing happens, like well, what do you do? Well, how think, do you pin it down? You
0: know, no, I, mean, I right? think it's really good because the reality of programming is very different than, than you know, what you feel like is portrayed in sort of a, a blockbuster sense, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's so much flailing. It's yeah. so much like, what in the fuck? And then the, other, <laughs> the other thing happened was I built the room generation code and I wanted to sort of show how the rooms would like you – know, like you could give it a directional bias, for example. So if you're spawning – like 10 rooms, instead of just picking random locations, you could actually sort of chain them one after another and give them sort of like a general angle to go to so that you kind of create like a trail of rooms, right? And I wanted to see how it would generate different configurations, and so I added a little restart button. Like you hit restart, it restarts the room, and it respawns all the different connecting areas. And I kept hitting restart, and every time I did it, there would just be more rooms, and all the old ones were still there. (laughs) And it just kept making more and more and more and, and I kept having, I kept trying to pin it down and I'm like digging through it. This is all on stream. Like you can go watch me mm-hmm. do this on YouTube. It was pretty dumb. Uh, it's, <laughs> and I, and I just couldn't figure it out. I was like trying to find, maybe there's a game maker bug. Maybe it's because I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm inserting all this debug code, trying to figure it out. And then it turns out problem was I just wasn't clearing it. I just needed <laughs> to, delete when it? I, whenever I started a new room generation, I just didn't clear the old stuff nice. that i had already done. <laughs> and I just kept adding more stuff on yep. top. So one line of code, which of course sounds like
2: exactly what the problem was. So yeah. That it, so then once you figured out, you're like, why? Why didn't I just yeah. go right <laughs> to that
1: solution? Yeah. Um. So I would say, you know, almost every bug that I come across is one of the dumbest bugs that mm-hmm. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's that's and you're always just like, what if they if they weren't a dumb bug, they wouldn't even be in there. I think it's yeah. kind of the yeah. the best the is, is when you're it. is when you're developing tests. And then mm-hmm. just, and then the test causes something to crash because
0: <laughs> uh-huh. there's a
1: bug in your test, right? All uh, right, next question comes from Chalosis. How do you each prepare your coffee? Machine, pour over, AeroPress, cream or sugar? Well, we have these robo baristas downstairs
0: in the CET, so
1: the the building in which we work. Mm-hmm.
0: So I just press a button, and then it's like, and then it makes. A delicious, so you don't prepare coffee. your coffee. I don't prepare it. At all. Makes, some robot, it makes dough. an acceptable cup of coffee, it's acceptable. But I do throw I throw a, a Stavia sugar packet mm-hmm. sweetener, yeah. sweetener. Um, and then I put some milk or almond, just whatever jug is closest <laughs> to hand. <laughs> Take <laughs> Sounds a jug, like you
1: got a real process. I got, <laughs> I don't really can't go to a robot, it pours something in there. More importantly,
0: though, my morning process when I get into the office is I get, I pour a long espresso from the barista machine, do that, just chug it chug a glass of water, fill up a glass of water and come upstairs. Nice. That's Just how, really that's that how I enter my day.
1: <laughs> so I love French press. I think French press makes the best coffee. That is a fact. The issue with French press is much like the ass of my jeans. <laughs> I explode them. With <laughs> you do. Oh,
0: you should yeah. get a, I got a metal one. Cause I used to do this all the time too.
1: You can get a metal front yeah, plastic
0: ones. The yeah. plastic ones used still break. But uh, yeah. To the plastic
1: around. ones will crack after a while. Yeah. Um, Putting a lot of force on this thing. And so – I've had the same glass one for like six years. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I would just – I push it. I think maybe there's just too many grounds in there or something. I don't know. Well, because there's a a
2: trick, which is you put it down and then if it stops moving, you just pull it up a tiny bit and then all the grounds fall and then you Yeah, I would do that. It
1: would always be like – I'd I'd do that jiggle and then Mm -hmm. loosen the grounds and then I'd push it down and then it would be like I'd get to the very bottom. And then all of a sudden I'd hear a crack and then there's just coffee pouring <laughs> out across the – but anyway, French press makes very strong coffee that also has a lot of oils in yeah. it. Well, it's actually
0: my problem with it because whenever I make French press at home, I'll have one cup of coffee and then my you just, my lids are peeled back yeah. <laughs> for the <laughs> whole day. Golf ball And I'm like – and I get just uncomfortable. It's actually – it's too much now. I actually do like the pour over strategy. I have, these, I have these little
2: uh, – so there's a lot of ways to do pour-over, but it's it's a, it's a dead simple concept, which is you just slowly pour hot water over the grounds. So you've got like a coffee filter, you put grounds in it, and then yeah, pour. Yeah, that, that would basically do gotcha. it. Um, so there's – people will claim there's all kinds of best ways to do pour-over. There's like rituals around it. And if you, if you go to like some high-end coffee shops – Oh, yeah. They're always fancy. There's a fucking that's ritual. So funny, um yeah. None of that matters. The important thing is you're taking hot hot water, pouring it over your beans. Mm-hmm. Hot
1: bean water. Yep. And just, just slowly. That's it. That's like – that's the whole thing. Um so basically So you're doing what a Mr. Coffee machine does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just slowly pouring water. <laughs> yeah. It's really the
2: same thing, but it's 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 that you're getting that fresh ground, it's all happening at the same time and and uh, uh, and it's usually have in places that are doing that, or if you're doing it at home, it's usually you also have access to good coffee and, yes. and all that. So it really isn't that different. It, the the end result though, because of just like because of how slow and direct it is though, um, I mm. think you're you're getting just more exposure to all of your beans.
1: Yes, uh, bean exposure, expose yeah. your beans.
2: <laughs> so I like that. Right, I've, I've got this little uh, this metal insert. It's it's like a tiny cup, sort of like, but it's mm. like a sieve, metal sieve cup, you know, that you can just sit on top of slash inside of a mug. And you can – it's for tea. So you just oh, throw, you throw yeah. tea in there and then you pour tea or you pour water over the top and then it just kind of sits there and then you can let it steep for a while, whatever. Uh, but I found because the holes are really small that it works really well for basically doing pour over Ooh, coffee.
0: Nice.
2: Um, so at, at home, if I'm making coffee, that's the strategy that I, that I take now because also I don't
0: need a whole French press worth of That's actually coffee. that problem. Like because I, I, I used to drink actually a lot more coffee. Yeah. And now I drink like – I actually drink that one espresso and then I drink like a half-calf thing in the afternoon. That's it. Yeah. So – I, I like don't need a French press full anymore, which is a fair. lot.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of nostalgia for shitty coffee, which I think mostly comes from grad school because we had because <laughs> in grad you school, of course, you're saving the, money, right? yeah, uh, and so so I would spend as little as I could. And the, you would get the instant coffee. Well, they, yeah, so I love it. It was <laughs> the so I so I was like I wasn't actually part of the pharmacology department, but like as a grad student, I had a little more freedom to go to places, you know. And so the the pharmacology department and their sort of admin room they had this little kind of tucked away corner where where the the administrative staff over there would just be like rotating taking care of making coffee so there was mm. always but it was basically like a Folgers it was Folgers then in those giant jugs or like the button that you just push real hard on oh, yeah. the top that shoots shoots like a jet you know? <laughs> so they just had a whole but they had like three of those and they would just like rotate through and fill those things up and and so it was just you know terrible terrible coffee and the only thing that made it bearable was they had the you know, this little creamer. Yep. Packets, right? There's, like, little which vanilla. Is also, which is questionable. What is even in it's there? It's basically candy, Yeah. Right?
1: So one of the things I love about the show, so The Expanse, is mm-hmm. the sci-fi show. And they make a big deal about how getting like real meat and real Mm. uh, dairy products and real cheese and milk is basically impossible in space because there's no cows up there. There's no space cows. Yeah. And so you would need like a cow to produce milk or something and then put it on a rocket and send it three months off to Mars or something. It's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen, right? So so the attention to detail in the show is great because nobody puts cream in their coffee. They put whitener. They call it whitener. They have have sweetener and whitener, right? There's no sugar and there's no cream. Mm. It's just sweetener and whitener.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It sort of whitens the coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Which. (laughs) <laughs> which frankly is more accurate. So that's
0: which, which I mean, it's even even, Korean, even though it,
2: we live on Earth and have access to these things, I just love
0: that just sort of attention to detail. There. Is the stuff that if you just if you have a little slice of a world, but you got that stuff in there, yeah. you don't need
1: it's so good. Yeah, yeah you
0: don't yeah. need all that. Like I know all the archaeology about my world. No, you need to know. Do they use sweetener and whitener? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the question. Yeah, yeah, there aren't that many books that do a good job of that.
2: That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I've. I would just drink that constantly, like day in and day out. I would just go in for like four rounds a day to this just shitty, shitty coffee. coffee. But it's it's a particular kind of shittiness though, right? Which is like which is Folgers plus this weird sweet mm. sweetener
0: whitener. Is right? it kind of like a McDonald's burger?
2: Yeah, I think it's the know? same idea. Right? Where they're like, like they're good, but but also, really also bad. not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so so I just I, I drink so much of that stuff that now with the coffee machines downstairs in our in our office. Uh, it's definitely better than that, but not like it's not good coffee still, you know. Uh, but there's something just really satisfying about just going, taking a taking a break, going down for five minutes, getting a hot cup it's still steaming, you know, and like it just.
1: The rituals that's really The ritual is really drinking. important. Yeah. I actually drink black decaf coffee throughout much of the day. That's what I do all because I just yeah. like want a hot thing to drink, yep. and uh, for some reason have landed in a spot in my life where I don't even care about the flavor or the. Effect. <laughs> I just want. Well, a well, hot that's the funny thing, thing is, yeah. is that you do
2: actually because you don't you don't go for like tea or you don't go for any number of things that you could be drinking instead that that's true. also satisfy hot and mm. has a flavor sort of categories and and frankly most of which are better yeah uh, but there's something about shitty coffee
0: well the only thing i'm just good the only (laughs) thing that i want is is a similar dispenser for some sort of cold drink which we do not have and then there's Mm -hmm. not even in fact like a general maybe it's iced tea i guess is probably the closest idea but something where i could go down and get a slushy. yeah get a slushy that had nothing in it essentially like a decaf Mm -hmm. coffee it just has yeah. a taste. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's <'cause laughs> Like, there's there's a lot of weird drinks showing up these days in the stores that have I love it. like zero to five calories.
0: Dude, I had there's a lot of kombuchas. A, they're just chemical baths. I played a uh, sand volleyball yesterday, and then it was in the sun, of course, and I forgot water, so I was just parched afterward. I oh, went to the grocery store, and you know I'm a weird drink aficionado, so I was looking through their huge. They have a huge weird drink section. It's just
1: amazing. Meaning, just like. Uh, carbonated it's or non-carbonated, just but just like weird flavors. Maybe
0: caffeinated. Maybe it's like made of a weird fruit. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And there's aloe vera water. Did you get it? I got it. <laughs> it, has, <laughs> it has bits of aloe vera in it, like bits? chunks. So it sort of Soothe. soothed your parched, burned throat. And the thing is, like, it wasn't that good. But it, while, while you're drinking it, it's got these like chunks in it. Oh, yeah, which I actually enjoyed for some reason. Normally, I'd be like, this is disgusting. But in the aloe vera context, <laughs> it's probably I don't a know. soup now. Yeah, yeah. Where's aloe the veera, difference? I don't know. Soup. What's the line between?
1: So, it was so good. you were drinking aloe vera broth. Yeah. Basically. With yeah. chunks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got time for one more quick question. This is from Gua, who says, Since I'm making games on my own, I'm always looking for ways to cut down development time without sacrificing quality or spending too much money. The Unity Asset Store and a powerful computer help me with that. Mm. Could you share your own tips that can help reduce development time without noticeable loss of quality? Uh, I think it comes down to design. Yep. actually, you d- d- the design only around your limitations. Yeah,
0: that's the only way to do this.
1: No, there's one other. There's two other ways. What's well, the other way? One is you, is if you can, you get a build machine because building, making builds takes a lot of time I and resources, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can just keep developing,
0: I believe, sure found that with Unity, you can actually. There's a build there's a machine, cloud build cloud-based. Dang. Yeah. So you can just spawn a computer, like just who even knows where, and it builds your game for you and then gives it back. Yeah. yeah. So if you, can do, costs, but if you can do
1: anything exist. to get rid of that,
0: yeah, build dang. time is a pain in the
1: it's ass. It's kind of like rendering a video when you do video editing where it takes like 14 hours and, and locks your computer. Yeah. And yeah. your computer's is 100% CPU. That's no good. The other thing is adhering very strongly to clean code principles. Mm. Right. Yep. So, and this is something that I've gotten a lot of comments about people watching me stream. Is is people who have been making games or programming for a really long time and then seeing that literally any time on a stream where I'm like, ooh, I might do this again, I turn that into a script. Just yeah, any time. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden I've got, you know, several dozen convenience functions to take care of all kinds of things. If it's like, oh, I need to reverse the order of this list, well, I I mean I'm gonna have to write that function, but I may need to do that again. Mm-hmm. So now we've got mm-hmm. a function for that, right? So it becomes this approach where every problem that you confront becomes a future tool yeah. that yeah. you can you would never have to worry about that problem again, mm. and so uh, so it's yeah it's designing around your limitations. So don't don't uh, aim so much higher than what your resources have. Yeah. So like if you don't, well, ride- it about it's about higher, and it's about
2: taking it's about taking your resources into account for the design. So mm-hmm. instead of having a design that you then ask, how do I implement this as yeah. cheaply this? and and as possible? Instead, you just Instead, you bake it into design. So that's actually taken into
1: account. Yeah. Um, and I personally am pretty wary of purchasing assets and purchasing uh, like other people's code. Not not for any kind of like principled reason, but mostly because uh, I like keeping things small and constrained and, mm-hmm. and also knowing how they are made so that I can modify them and customize them. Would you? I mean, sometimes you get if you buy something from the asset store, and then you like can see into the code and you mm-hmm. can you know modify it. Um, but there there's going to be a lot of times where you buy a a pack of something, and now you have tons of stuff that comes with it that's more generic for handling lots of different scenarios. That actually you don't need ninety eight percent of what came with that, and now your code base blows up. Uh, you have a lot more memory, a lot more things happening that you don't actually know what they are and what mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, so. I always try to solve something first mm-hmm. in a simple way. And then if, it, if I can't do it, if I need to like buy a shader or something, then I'll do that. Right? So um, I don't know. Any other thoughts
2: on that? No. Yeah. But I think the general idea of, of tools development. So, so you're basically saying as you're coding, turn your code into tools. Yes. And you're saying have a build machine, which is just a tool that automates building for you so it doesn't mm-hmm. take your time off. Yeah. Uh, tools in general, I think people underinvest in at, at every level. Yeah. I, think, I think if you're working by yourself, it's, it's even more important than you're working with a team to have good tooling because of the fact that you have to do everything.
1: Now, one time I spoke with a, a businessman, a man of business, mm-hmm. uh, who was running a, a company with over 50 employees. And I was talking to him about some of the stuff they were working on and he's like, how big is your team? I was like, well, you know, it's, we have a uh, three at the time we got uh, we three people and then we have, uh, you know, some contractors for some stuff. And, and he was like, how do you guys do so much stuff? Like with that small of a team? Cause I was talking about just all the different sort of things that we were involved in. And I said, well, you know, we just go really hard into tools development. Actually one of the three people on the team, their primary job is just developing tools to like robots and things to speed things up. And so I started talking to him about this, this approach. And then he just kind of killed the conversation because he's just like, honestly, I don't really get that. Like, at our scale, him talking about his fifty person company, he's like at our scale, I just don't see how we could possibly get any returns off of investing in a, you yeah. know, a tools developer. <laughs> and
0: you're like at a scale one. of three. Yeah, I was
1: like, it's it pays off immediately, no matter how how
2: big you are. It pays off at a scale of one. I still attribute the fact that I got through my PhD program so much faster than the average was yeah. because I was building tools to automate yeah. my my workflows.
1: Yeah, I remember it hearing easily, stories about this. Yeah, it's
2: it saved at minimum a year of my um, yeah because I, I, I so I finished in four years versus the average of like five and a half. Um, I probably would have finished a little earlier anyway, but I I still shaved off a, a good solid year off of my PhD program yeah. by automating my own work,
0: which shaving off a year over just a five year span is it's, a, it's enormous. enormous.
1: That is enormous. And that's yeah. with, that's with you both doing the work and developing tools. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine. just worth it. Yeah. On any, on any team of any scale, or a solo person, which mm-hmm. is the smallest team possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. Just taking that time to always to take a step back, analyze the problems that you're facing, and just think like, do I really need to be doing this by hand mm-hmm. yeah. every single time it happens? Um. That's going to save you a ton of time. All right, well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producer Fat Bard and Jen Coster for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net where we have links to everything. And remember, Shenanicon is coming. Just go to meet.bscotch.net and get your tickets. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.